This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program. Today we're taking a look back at something we've talked about in the program before, and that is the Skinwalker Ranch. And I found an article on um, history.com where they're talking about this. They did a pretty good synopsis on it, actually. And I also found some articles here on... Well, it's all over online right now. I think they're coming out with a new movie. But this article comes out on January 17th, 2020. And it says, How Skinwalker Ranch Became a Hotbed of Paranormal Activity by Adam Janos. It says, Reports persist of UFOs, crop circles, cattle mutilation, and shape-shifting creatures impervious to bullets. The article starts off, it says, Some have called it a supernatural place. Others have deemed it cursed. Terry Sherman got so spooked by the happenings on his new cattle ranch that 18 months after his family of four, after moving his family of four to the property now known by many as Skinwalker Ranch in southeastern Utah, he sold the 512-acre parcel away. He and his wife Gwen shared their chilling experiences with a local reporter in June 1996. They'd seen mysterious crop circles, the Sherman said, and UFOs, and the systematic and repeated mutilation of their cattle in an oddly surgical and bloodless manner. And uh, we've covered this before on the podcast where they actually, you know, a UFO was reported flying over the ranch. Also, uh, how uh, a collection of uh, cattle ended up in a ended up in a truck where there's just no way that they could have gotten squeezed in the way they did. I mean, it was just almost like supernatural happenings were, were just going under constantly. And also with the um, cattle mutilation, and it's interesting they point out, and they say here, in an oddly surgical and bloodless manner. And this is something we've talked about a lot of times in the podcast, how these cattle, when they're mutilated, they're not just randomly mutilated or injured, as you might expect from predation, or even an animal that's been uh, predating on the carcass, it almost looks like they've like they've been uh, incised with some sort of uh, laser, or maybe some sort of uh, some sort of uh, surgical tool that's using heat, because the wounds are cauterized. And not only are their wounds cauterized, but there's just no blood around it. I mean, you would expect when these cattle are mutilated that that blood would seep into the dirt around the animal. We're not even seeing that. It's like the NPR reporter pointed out there last year. She said, not one drop of blood. And that comment really uh, elicited a lot of anger, it seemed like, from the skeptics because she just pointed out something that was very obvious. that, That was that there was no blood. And as I pointed out, that bull should have had 10 or 12 gallons of blood. Now just imagine two to two and a half, five gallon buckets of blood had disappeared from those animals. With no explanation. And this is what they're experiencing on Skinwalker Ranch. The article goes on, it says, Within three months of the story's publication, Las Vegas real estate magnate and UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow bought the property for $200,000. We've talked about Robert Bigelow on the podcast before. He's very interesting guy. 
has connections to uh, Harry Reid, uh, Bigelow Space. Um, you could go on. You could you you could research that dude all day long. It says under the name the National Institute for Discovery Science, and this is NIDS. Bigelow set up round-the-clock surveillance of the ranch, hoping to get to the bottom of the paranormal claims. But while that surveillance yielded a book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, science confronts the unexplained at a remote ranch in Utah, in which several of the researchers claimed to have seen paranormal activities. They were unable to capture any meaningful physical evidence supporting the Sherman's incredible stories. Well, that's what they say. I don't know. I'm not there. I mean, how do we know what was actually captured from those videos? I don't know. Maybe they got something super cool and they're not going to share it with us. I mean, that would be their prerogative. It's private property. I know uh, was it George Clapp did a lot of really interesting stuff on this. There's been all kinds of stuff done on the Skinwalker Ranch. It's fascinating stuff. It goes on. It says the ranch was resold to Adamantanium Real Estate, which has since applied to trademark the name Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. Okay, I have to say I have a problem with that because the term skinwalker is a Native American term. And we've talked about this in other past podcasts. I probably should do another podcast on it, but about just how the Native Americans viewed the skinwalker as a, um, as a person, usually somebody in great emotional distress, anger, not really in a good place in their life, and how they get how they get drawn into this thing where they commit uh, murder, I think is how they get into the club, basically. And they get involved with these, what we would call, uh, demonic entities. And eventually they, they get to the point where they're able to shapeshift themselves into uh, different animals. And it's really, a, it's really a bad place to be. And uh, I, from what I can understand, a lot of Native Americans still actually believe in this stuff. And uh, I can't say that I blame them. But to try to take a name they've created, or you know, from a story that they've shared with us, and try to and to try to trademark that, frankly, I just I just don't find that admirable at all. But I guess they want to make money off the ranch, whatever. Now, I have looked at this Adamantanium real estate a little bit, and I don't know. Every time I try to figure out what's going on here, it just seems like you go down another you, you go down another rabbit hole. The article goes on, it says, Had the Shermans been lying about what they saw or under the spell of a collective delusion? Without evidence, the stories they told are difficult to believe, but they're hardly unique. The United Basin of southeastern Utah has been such a hotbed of paranormal sightings over the years that some extraterrestrials have deemed it UFO Alley. You can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted, local filmmaker Trent Harris told the Desert News. Now, as we've discussed in past podcasts, um, this part of the country was home to a large Indian reservation. Uh, there seems there seems to have been what I would almost describe as a lot of psychic trauma among the native peoples that were either sent to this place to live, or maybe who had inhabited this place before um, the whites showed up. And it seems like it seems like, and maybe it's just me here, but it seems like when you come into some of these uh, Native American reservations where people were basically pushed off their land after the um, after the uh, white settlers came through and multiple wars, that you had a lot of people um, 
who had experienced a lot of trauma. They were being literally uprooted from the lands that they'd lived in their whole lives, where their families had grown up in. And uh, they were subjected to a lot of trauma. They were put in these Indian reservations. Their way of life was taken from them. And I can imagine it would have been a bad place cyclically to be. And it seems almost like you have a lot of this negative energy carrying over in the forms of these events, um, such as the as what occurred on the Skinwalker Ranch. A lot of these events do not seem to come from a good, healthy place psychically. They seem to come from a place of anger and abandonment. They seem to come from a dark place. And that's a concerning thing here, is a lot of these UFO sightings are much the same way. They don't seem like the happy Space Brother UFO sightings. They seem like they seem a lot darker to me. They seem like a lot more negative energy. And especially when you get into UFO abduction, I cannot see how this could be considered a positive thing. Even though some of the abductees come out later and say, well, they're just doing their job, or I don't have any kind of anger issues with them. Listen, a person's at home in their bed at night, they're sound asleep, and a bunch of gray aliens show up and take them on board to where they have all kinds of painful physical experiments or... They're treated basically as a um, as a sample. They have skin samples taken from them. Sometimes they have uh, implants put into them. This is not a good thing, and to my mind, this is not a good place to be psychically. So when I read things about places like Skinwalker Ranch with this history of, uh, well, quite frankly, Native American trauma, that has taken place there, or that has been sort of concentrated in that area. And then you put a layer on top of that, of the legends of the Skinwalker, which, from my perspective, I guess, not as a Native American at all, but as a Caucasian, these things look demonic, demonic to me. They look like something I would want to have nothing to do with. And then you layer on top of that, some of these UFO sightings where people are actually abducted against their will, this to me seems like the worst of the worst of the UFO phenomena, in my opinion. The article goes on and says, Indeed, according to Hunt for the Skinwalker, odd objects have been spotted overhead since the first European explorers arrived in 1776. Franciscan missionary Sylvester Villet de Escalente wrote about, a strange fire, about strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey, and before the Europeans, of course, indigenous people occupied the U the United Basin. Today, Skinwalker Ranch abuts the United and Outray Indian Reservation, or Ure Indian Indian Reservation of the Ute tribes, where the Shermans, seeing things that nearby Native Americans had taken note of centuries before, well, in my opinion, that's quite possible. The article goes on, it says, Not everything the Shermans saw on their ranch was skyborne UFOs. They also claimed to see mysterious large animals, most notably a wolf, three times the size of a normal wolf, that Terry shot at close range multiple times with the rifle to seemingly no effect. And this is one I think I've heard George Knapp talk about. And it's a fascinating story if you get a chance to listen to it. But this giant large wolf that exhibits almost like human-like tendencies. This really puts me to mind of the whole Skinwalker legend, where these humans that have almost taken on uh, what, what I would call demonic form, then are allowed to shapeshift into animal form as they 
prowl the countryside, more or less, I guess looking for victims. It says, Then on the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, biochemist Colm Kelleher, working with Bigelow's National Institute for Discovery Science, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. Well, I kind of take this seriously because this guy, I mean, he seems like a serious guy, biochemist Colm Kelleher. I mean, why should we just automatically assume that he was delusional? I mean, he's there working. He seems like a reputable dude. Why not? Why can't we take him at his word? As he detailed in Hunt for the Skinwalker, the creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perched 20 feet off the ground. The large creature that lay motionless almost casually in the tree, said Kellner, the only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. Wow. After Kellner fired at the creature with the rifle, man, I'm not even sure I'd want to do that. <laughs> it disappeared. It was then that I saw it, a single obvious oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply in a patch of snow. Wow, single track. It looked unusual. <clears throat> a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws <coughs> excuse me, printing, protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey. Maybe a raptor print. But huge, and from the depth of the print, from a very heavy creature... Now, this puts us back to mind of the skinwalkers where they're shape-shifting into different types of animals. It says, Repeated sightings of human-like creatures have led some to invoke the name Skinwalker, a shape-shifting character from Navajo tribal folklore. Among the Navajos, skinwalkers are like werewolves, evil witches who can transform themselves into creatures of their choosing. Now, here we're going back to this guy trying to trademark the name Skinwalker Ranch. That's like trying to... I don't know, trademark the name vampire, trademark the name werewolf. I just I just don't think it should be trademarked, to be quite honest with you, especially concerning the fact that this goes back to Native American heritage. I mean, at least what we can do is let them have their let them have their heritage, I suppose, their stories. Why why take that away? It just does not seem right to me at all. But Sherman's family ranch was 400 miles north of Navajo Nation. It was next to Ute territory, and when the Utes and the Navajos did cross paths, it was in an acrimonious relationship, explains historian Sondra Jones, author of Being and Becoming Ute. You see, there we go again. We have this warfare between the Navajo and the Ute. This is what I'm, and the Ute. This is what I'm talking about. This seems like a very negative... A very negative psychic history to this place. It was not friendly, Jones says. The Navajo were more aggressive people. They took slaves. They had Ute slaves. And there was direct conflict with the Navajo. Attempted to move up to Ute territory at modern day Pagosa Springs in Durango. It says they took slaves. It's almost like these skinwalkers are still trying to take slaves. It says cursed water, cursed lights. And it goes on, while skinwalkers don't feature in the Ute religion, there are still aspects of that ranch that make sense within the context of Ute lore. Other strange sightings have occurred directly next door at Bottle Howell Hollow, a 420-acre man-made reservoir on Ute land abutting the ranch, which was filled with fresh water in 1970 by federal government mandate. In 1998, a police officer saw a large light plunge into the reservoir, and then re-emerging, flying off into the night sky. 
One night in 2002, four young men, non-Indian, standing on the reservoir shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. According to the hunt for Skinwalker, the glowing, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore, then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering, maneuverable, belt-shaped shaft of light. After performing a brief writhing aerial dance, the, ball of, the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of Skinwalker Ridge. Wow. Now this is this is a UFO in one of its strangest forms. It's definitely shape-shifting, and it almost falls into that plasma light category. And you have to wonder if you're not getting into some very strange paranormal um, spiritual stuff here. Not at all uh, like we would think of the normal UFO experience. And I'll just finish up here. And it says, The appearance of the supernatural around Bottle Hollow makes sense with the context of Oot belief. According to Jones, amongst the Oots, springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. There were evil spirits or evil sprites that would rise up out of the water and drag you in. Wow. Now that's some fascinating stuff where we really see the... Um, We see the lore of the Native Americans crossing over with the current worldview that that modern people hold, and we're seeing this UFO phenomena as it intersects and crosses over between two completely different cultures, and a background of so many negative things that have happened there, and so much psychic trauma that has occurred. Not just with the uh, resettlement of the Native Americans, but with uh, pre-existing conflicts between Native American tribes. It's very, it's very almost mind-numbing just to look at this thing and wonder if the cause of all this anxiety and turmoil and disorder is a reflection of the UFO phenomenon that's so widely reported there, or if it's a result of it. At any rate, that's just another look at the Skinwalker Ranch from a Native American uh, view, I think, a little bit at least, and and this UFO phenomenon that keeps reoccurring over and over as it intersects with the supernatural phenomenon. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.